Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, keep it real. We're going to talk about, today, emotional usury. What is the concept? Well, emotional usury is when a person is preoccupied in an emotional affair with someone else, maybe a husband, boyfriend, co-worker, it could be anyone. However, they come to you or the emotional support that they're not getting from that other partner. Or the person that they may be pining over. But here's the distinction between men and women in regards to this. When it comes down to men, what we do during emotional usury is that we will use the situation that we're in, in a sense, like a victim. Complaining about a partner, spouse, or whomever in order to get empathy from the woman that we're conveying this to, who's not in the category that I just mentioned. Maybe it could be someone that he likes, someone who lends an ear, someone who's being empathetic. The difference is, with men, we pursue the emotional relationship on a physical level far more frequently and deliberately than women do in the same situation. The only difference is when a woman uses a man emotionally, she's looking for the support, but she's a little bit more reluctant to become too close or intimate with him. She may have problems with her husband or boyfriend. She's going to purge with him everything that's going on. Well, she might want some positive reinforcement. Because the one thing she doesn't want to do is to get too close with the new guy. In some cases, she's creating a soft landing for herself just in case the relationship doesn't work. In other cases, what she's doing is She's trying to suck all the attention out of the room. In other instances, she's doing it because she wants to be encouraged to leave the partner or to have this new person pull them towards them out of a relationship into their arms. It varies. So let's talk about how these things occur. How many of you have had co-workers that freely and openly talked about their marriage, the difficulties they've had in it, the problems they have in it? They're talking to anyone that listened, right? 
Many times what they're doing is throwing out a gill net to see who's going to bite. Now, there are women that use each other this way, and there are men that use each other this way, but you usually don't find men using each other this way, unless they're more effeminate. Most men, we really don't like communicating with each other because we are going to say something more than likely that will start a fight. So this is the reason why we are not so sociable as women are. One guy says the wrong thing, the guy interprets it the wrong way, you got a battle on your hand. So instead, we keep our mouth shut. So if the guy's venting about his wife, we don't say anything, we just let him vent. You ladies, on the other hand, will offer suggestions, become more interactive, more proactive, more supportive. We can't do that as men. And the reason being is that we're not wired that way. Now, there are exceptions to the rules, but the rules are not the exception. Now, here we go with this. Take, for instance, you're at work. Fellas, you probably would run across this. Start working with a lady on a project. And you can tell something's wrong because her attention is not there. Her effort is not there. She's making up excuses as to why she's not able to focus. So you sit there and you try to find out what's going on. She might burst out in tears. Might wipe away a few. Or she just may not want to even talk about it. Usually when you run across a woman in this condition, there's something at home or something in her life that has really got her upset. She's trying her best to fight the feelings. Now, if she's not one of these people that's going to broadcast it to everybody in the office, and then she may start the conversation something like this. Do you mind if I ask you a question? Because you're a man and you could better answer this for me. If a man comes home at 11 o'clock at night, what do you think his girlfriend or wife should do? The context in which she's putting it in is so that she would not want you to think that she's trying to come on to you. That's her biggest thing. What she wants to extract from you is an opinion. Not you as a man for her. At least not yet. She's testing to see whether or not she could speak with you first. Now, one thing that women will do, fellas, and I'm telling you, I've been through this hundreds of times with women in bars and clubs over the years. It's the same old thing. It happened in the United States, Asia, Europe, different places I've been. They're trying to test you to see if they can open up. See, they can't open up at home. They can't open up with their friends and family. Just like people open up on this show, leaving anonymous messages. Because they can speak freely. Now, 
here's the thing. With this, it means that you're dealing with a situation where this person's testing the waters with you. And they may give you something that's very, very lightweight that they would know that if you spread this and it got back to them that they couldn't trust you. We'll give you an example. My husband makes me so angry because he leaves his socks in the middle of the damn floor every day. Do you leave your socks in the middle of the floor? No. She's waiting to see whether that gets back. If it doesn't, she may feel as though, okay, I think I can trust him a little bit. So what happens incrementally, she starts opening up to you. Because here's the thing. The emotional relationship she once had with her husband, they might still have it in the bedroom, but they don't have it on a cyclical basis like most people do in relationships. Say, hey, how are you doing? What did you do this weekend? That kind of thing. She doesn't have that. So what she'll do then is impose that on the relationship with you at work. It's gonna come across very innocent at first, because she really doesn't want to start anything with you because she's already in that emotionally nebulous area. She's not settled yet because she hates going home. The back of her neck filled with tension because she knows there's gonna be an argument, confrontation over something that still hasn't been resolved. She's gonna be looking at you for strategy points sometimes on what you should do, what she should do, based on your opinion, because you're a man. Be very careful with this, fellas. What I would always do is point her back in the direction of her husband. Have you talked to him about this yet? Have you guys gone to counseling? So in this way, you're kind of keeping out of it just in case she goes back home and says, well, you know, my coworker Mike said, and then this guy's waiting in the parking lot for coworker Mike. Now, the reason why you have to do this is because you never know the person you're dealing with as far as what they're going to do with the information you've told them. And being that you are working with this person regularly, you're pretty much stationary. Now, some women don't get it. They think that they can do like women do, where they say, well, my girlfriend Joanne said so-and-so, but if she puts it in the context of what my coworker Mike said that we need to work on this and that, well, husband starts to think, Oh, so Mike's trying to get some pussy. And then, first thing's going to happen, he's going to start putting a finger at her. Saying, okay, you're trying to come on to Mike. Well, let me go to, go to your job and, and have a few words with Mike. And see, this is what women don't realize. And so, usually what you'll find is that women who confide in a man 
conditions of the workplace as an example. It could be other situations, neighbors, that kind of thing. What happens is she just wants someone to vent to. She can't vent to her family, can't vent to her friends, can't vent to anyone, because these are all loudspeakers. These people will go out and probably repeat or say something like, well, you know, maybe you need to talk to her, blah, blah, blah. She wants a total stranger, so she doesn't have to worry about the threat of it getting back to her husband, her boyfriend, or whomever. So, she discloses what's going on. I think he said another one. As a woman, how can a woman tell when a man is sleeping with another woman? You might ask a question like that. It's kind of awkward. Think about it. As a woman, how could a woman tell that a man is cheating with another woman? Fellas, when you ask the question like that, you don't know because you're not a woman that's been cheated on. But you can tell her, hey, you know what? From a man's perspective, blah, 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 blah. But now you want to keep it very generic. You don't want to say your husband, him, or anything like that. Most men avoid these conversations with women. And the reason why they do this is because, well, for one thing, in the workplace, there's a good chance of you probably being hauled into HR. Someone else that might have a crush on you on the, in the office may see you talking to her and may misinterpret it like you're coming on to her. And so she goes and pushes the panic button at HR, saying that she saw something inappropriate. It could just be you two are just talking. Some people are like that. You never know who's watching. This is the reason why most women, fellas, do not like really communicating on the job. A lot of the younger ones will do it. Usually, after they've been around the rodeo a little bit, they stop. As I told you before, most women don't date men in the workplace because they know how much the guy makes. Now, here's the other thing. When it comes down to her starting to feel comfortable with you, she's going to spend more time with you at work. Maybe lunch. She wants to go to lunch with you. That's going to lunch. It may be a situation where she wants to go have drinks after work. It may be a situation where... But see, she's doing this all under the pretense of being platonic. She's not, and she's going to always remind you that she's married and she's got a boyfriend and that she is not looking. So this is where you have to control yourself with the discipline by not having that urge, even though that urge is there. Now, as you know, my policy is I don't deal with any married women or any women that have boyfriends. Not dealing with your ass, don't want to deal with you, that's it. Now, here's what happens. This situation carries on now, and she feels a little bit more comfortable with it. She's telling you things, fellas, one thing that a woman will do if she likes you in the workplace, or really in any environment for the most part, if she can get away with it, but especially at work because, see, at work, women are expected to dress professional, depending on the occupation. So if she's in a workplace like an office or something like that, 
the boyfriend or husband won't think of too much of her kind of changing up thing. Maybe dyeing her hair. Maybe blow drying her hair, putting it in a certain style. Maybe wearing something else as long as it's not too provocative. Fellas, what I'm getting at is once you guys start the dialogue, if you start noticing a change in the way she dresses, she didn't wear lipstick before, now she's wearing lipstick. She's wearing makeup. She's got her eyes all done up. She's got her hair color change, hairstyle change. There's a good possibility she's doing it for you. And here's why. Because now you're giving her more attention than the husband has given her. And she's focusing that attention that you're giving her back on you. This is the element she's missing in her marriage or relationship. So, mentally, emotionally, she probably sees the two of you together intimately in a relationship, but she would never dare let it come out of her mouth. That would be the death nail. She's not going to let that happen. Or she's going to try like hell to not let it happen. The only way it will happen is if things get increasingly worse at home. The worse they get at home, I hate to say it, but the better it might be for you as far as her coming on to you. But she's not going to do it directly. So now, she modifies her behavior a bit. You'll notice that she's doing more touching. She's going to be very discreet and careful in the workplace. You guys go to lunch, or you go to the bar, after work or something like that, she's patting you on the shoulder, calling you silly, laughing at your jokes, you're laughing at her. This is a moment of levity that she's getting with you that she's not getting with a man. Because whatever that problem is that they haven't resolved at home, it's still there. And she hates going back. Now, the reason why I tell you not to get too involved with women like this and to keep it on kind of a platonic distance basis is because of the fact that it's not uncommon for this woman to kind of catch herself at some point and say, what the hell am I doing? I'm going down this rabbit hole with this guy because I'm starting to have feelings for him. Let me pull away from him. And it will be very abrupt when they do that. They may ask for a transfer. They may go to a different department. They may want to be seated in a different location, working on a different project from you. The reason why is because they don't want to get pulled in. And this is where you see a lot of women revert back to the way they were before. Meaning that she's not hanging out with you no more. The lipstick, the makeup, all of that shit goes away. Goes back where it was. Now, who's the first person that's going to know a change, notice a change in her? It's going to be her husband. Oh, you look nice today. Going to work. Yeah, I thought I'd change things up. I got tired of the old same old, same old. Oh, we got executives coming into the office, so we got it. they want us to dress up, which would probably be a lie. Once you get to the point of deceiving your husband or your man, ladies, you're going down a road that may be a dead end. Now, why would a woman pull back? Guilt? 
the social responsibility of morality that men put on women? Because you remember, she has to be the one who is morally responsible for everything. Because a man wants to be irresponsible. So if he cheats or something like that, he's excused. If she cheats, oh, he's going to throw all the stuff that he's done for her in her face. Now, women don't cheat as much as men, but it's only by a short margin. In some regions, they cheat more than men. It depends. Now, here is the thing. As I told you before, when a woman cheats, she usually cheats emotionally first before any physical activity takes place. Now, take for instance, the two of you haven't done anything, but she's kind of purged about her situation. And she asks you about your situation in order to see where you are. She's measuring to see how far she can go with their conversation about her husband or her man. If it's at a point where it's like, you tell her, well, you know, I, I don't have that problem. I don't have a girlfriend. I live by myself. She's like, okay, well, I'm not going to wear you down with what's going on with me and my man. She will do that. She'll pull back from that if she is interested in you. If she's not interested in you, when I say interested in you, I'm talking about pursuing something further. If she's not interested in you, what she is going to do, she's going to continue to talk about her situation. She's venting to you. Now, at this point, if she's doing that, she doesn't see you as someone she'll be intimate with, but you're someone that's going to be a listening post for her. So she gives you these updates on what's going on. And fellas, let me tell you another kind of woman that does this. That woman that puts you in the friend zone, and then she wants to talk to you all the time on the phone. Or she'll call you late at night, but she'll end the conversation when you talk about sex. And she's gonna establish that being taboo. woman who has an agenda to potentially have an emotional affair with you, she's going to ask you sexual questions. So, how long do you last? What positions do you like? Those kind of things. But she's only going to do that after she has felt as though she's comfortable enough grooming you. Now, there are three agendas that women who use these techniques will use. One will be a one-night stand. Usually the woman that will use it that way will be the woman that's getting ready to be transferred, that's getting ready to quit the job, that's getting ready to retire, and you're somebody that she had on her radar to be with. Number two, it will be the woman that just needs to use you for emotional support only. Words of encouragement. Talk about her problems that she has with her kids and her family and everything. You are her on-site therapist, which I don't recommend you be. Third type of woman, the one that wants to escape completely. 
She wants to leave the situation she's in and wants to go forward with you. But see, what many of you guys are going to have to realize is that what is the actual motive for her to even come to you? I'll give you a second. I'll wait. It's the underperformance of her relationship. It is not her interest in you. The underperformance in that relationship by her partner, she perceives it, equals to her finding someone she could express herself with, exchange ideas about her problem. So in essence, it's a selfish act in the first place. Especially when she's trying to extract your opinion and techniques so that she can try to implement them with her husband or boyfriend in order to make her relationship work or at least go down the path of working. The problem a lot of women run into is that the guy gets mixed messages because not too many women know how to use these techniques. And so she's thinking that He's harmless. I told him it was platonic. And then he's trying his best in order to win her over and bring her into his camp. And sometimes these women do this and don't realize what kind of guy they're dealing with. He may be overzealous, wanting to show up at her house and confront the husband, want to get the phone and cuss him out, that kind of foolishness. Women who are seasoned in this because they've thought about it for a while before they have gone and made their move with this other person, what they're trying to do basically is to start a rapport with them, to have a friend, and in some cases to create a placeholder with that friendship. So just in case it does morph into a relationship, she's got a place to go emotionally. Now here's the thing. She's going to more than likely make sure that he's single. You will find very few women who are married or in a relationship wanting to deal with a man who's married. Unless it's a situation where they both are trauma-bound by the same problems or similar problems in their marriages. And those relationships don't last no more than six months usually. Being that the guy is single and she's bringing this to his table, the way she looks at it is, I have all this free time with him. And what she's trying to do is to work it out where she can have the same. Because see, he is her escape from her marriage. Emotional, intellectual, she doesn't have to watch what she says. She could express herself. She could be her. She probably can't do that at home because of the friction. We'll talk more in a minute. Now, as I told you, this could take place in many different forms. Let me give you an example. 
that may kind of bring it home to you as well. We talked about the workplace example. This could also happen with friends. Take for instance, you have a neighbor, you're a happily married couple. The lady's married, that's their neighbor, having a problem with her husband. Comes over, confides in his wife because they've been friends about certain things. And then the wife wants to broaden it by asking her, would it be okay if my husband sits in so you, he can kind of give you some feedback on, oh, that'd be great. And she goes and she does so. And the husband would say, well, maybe you should try this or try that. Most men are very skeptical about doing this and I don't blame you guys because I don't do it when I'm in a relationship because here's the problem. When it gets back to him and in some form, way or fashion, it will, what's going to happen is he's going to confront the guy. They got altercation. But some women will do this. But it's got to be confidential. And see, the problem would be that the woman, being that her husband doesn't know that she's communicating with another man, regardless whether his wife's right there or not, he's embarrassed by that. Now, I've always told you ladies, if you're dealing with a domestic violence situation, get your ass out. Don't stand there and try to get a knife in the kitchen. Don't sit there and try to go get the gun. Just say, honey, you know what? I gotta go. And just go. And it's safe for you and your kids, if you have children, to get out. If you gotta call 911, whatever it takes for you to get out safely and hopefully without harming anyone or having an altercation. Now, there's a sense of betrayal that the husband may feel behind this or the boyfriend. These are things you have to consider. Most people tell you, oh, keep the business to yourself. I'm one who believes that and believes that you should go to a counselor if you guys can't fix it yourself, not to your aunt, not to your mom, not to your granny or anyone else. It's okay to ask questions about how did you handle it when after you had the baby and you were overwhelmed? Okay, that's a generic question. Oh, what kind of tie do men like? You could ask uh, your brother that. Something like that, something that's simple and not complex about the relationship. When it comes to the relationship, I'm just telling you, it's best give it to your partner or go to a counselor. Of course, people don't do that. They want to go and find out. Now, here's the thing. When it comes down to something like friends, neighbors, that kind of thing, the husband may want to tag along. Oh, you going over to Marshy's house? Uh, yeah, I'll go over there and talk to Dan while you're over there. And so the women pair off and they go on and talk about whatever's going on. 
tune in, talk about sports, cars, trucks, fishing, whatever the hell. Now, some people may take it upon themselves to try to have an intervention if there's a problem. I don't recommend that. Keep the problem within the scope of the relationship with your counselor. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be the catch-all end-all because people think that going to a counselor involves going there and them fixing your problem like you're waiting at an auto repair shop. It doesn't work that way. you got to do the work. They're not going to do it for you. And it's going to take the two of you to do the work. Now, under this emotional usury, there's a different type of usury that may take place. Take for instance, you're a single man. You have a coworker that's female who's not married, but she has kids that she can't control. And she may come to you and ask you certain things and then ask for the moral support and showing up in the motivation that shit can be draining. But she has no intentions of ever being with you intimately or in a relationship. She's using you purely emotionally for support. She wants to be able to drop all of her shit at your feet. That's about the size of it. Nothing more than that. She wants you to carry on her burden to an extent. And then she'll tell you something like, well, you know, without you, I couldn't have made it and all that other shit. Fellas, this is what I used to tell women, and to this day I still do, when they get to that point, and I realize what they're trying to do. Well, it would be nice if you give me some pussy. Vulgar as hell, isn't it? But it's vulgar that they're using you that way, too. Because they're so inclined to do that. And some women actually feel entitled. I'm a female, and therefore being a female, he should be at my beck and call because he's after me. Now, there's some women that will literally do this in order to get attention. They may not even have a problem with their partner. They may not even have a boyfriend. But they want to do it to have that attention. And see, here's where... Here's the nirvana for women and attention, fellas. So you'll know. A woman wants to get a man's sexual and non-sexual attention, both of them, without ever having to be intimate with him, kiss him, hug him, or any other thing. She wants to be the rock star. Many of them want that. They didn't get it when they were growing up in some cases. They might have gotten it during wedding day, or engagement, or promise day, or whatever the hell they have for their commitment, and now it is faded. And so they're trying to find attention from somewhere else to build their self-esteem, to make them feel better about themselves. So if it means that she has to come over to you and have a conversation and reveal certain aspects of her relationship, just so that she will feel appreciated by somebody. Your piece of toilet paper and she's wiping her ass with it. No intentions, 
of being with you. Women who put men in the friend zone like that, and then you're still like a dog, panting, waiting for her to say yes. Boy, she's not leading you on because she's gonna let you lead yourself on. She's gonna always be around you because she has your attention. Being as she has that, your feelings are disposable to her. She doesn't care if you're thinking about falling in love with her. She don't wanna hear that shit, she don't care. What she's extracting from you is time and attention and emotional support. What she's giving you back, her essence and her presence only, nothing else. Not a damn thing else. And she's gonna have parameters such as, oh, if you try to make a move on me or try to advance this, oh, we can end our friendship. I wonder guy doesn't want that. Women do this with weaker men. These women out there that want the simp, this is the type of guy they want, the simple, impotent male prototype. This is what they're looking for. Now, the other thing about this, in particular, she gets overwhelmed because she had an argument with her son. Her son is 17, he's cursing her out. And she's calling you up. But she's not ready for a relationship yet. For whatever reason, it could be that she recently got divorced. Kids mad at her because she divorced them. But she wants somebody to talk to, somebody to lean on. That's okay to hear them out. But here's the thing, you wanna find out also, what's the agenda and where is this going? Uh, will this conversation lead to some improvements on your part? I'm not asking them these questions, but these are things you have to think on your own with them. If you really think, it up, really think about it, what do we pay for in, in America? What do we pay for? We're not paid for productivity. If we were paid for productivity, we'll get a percentage of the productivity we, we, that we uh, produce for a company. So if we were on an assembly line and we were able to go within an hour and produce, we'll say, seven cars, and each of those seven cars read about $36,000 a piece, and we got a percentage of that, we'll be employed based on productivity. But what do we do? We get compensated for our time. And our time is of less value than the productivity that we develop for companies and organizations. If you think about it, that's the way it goes. So, what would this mean overall? The way she looks at it is, my time with you is more valuable than what I could do with you or you could do with me. So be thankful I'm here. That's the way they approach it. These uh, women that want to go out to five-star five restaurants, that's the mindset they have. And it's flawed. That's the reason why many of them wind up by themselves. Now, 
Here's the other thing. If she starts to have feelings for you, and she's in a committed relationship already, she's got to go through that fight that she has internally. Her morality versus her personal will. Now, I got to give it to people in that put together the Bible centuries ago. I got to give them credit. They played on the desires of humanity. Good versus evil. God's choice versus my choice. Heaven versus hell. It's a great control mechanism for masses of people. Which means that a few moral people can lord over the majority of people and then classify them as being bad. And by classifying them as being bad, they're always trying to do what? They're trying to impress that small group of people who are perceived to be just good and righteous. Let's put it in another context. Wealthy people, small percentage. Working class people, poor people, large percentages. So what's their goal? Is to become a small percentage. Who makes the rules for that? The people with the power. The church makes the rules on what goes in the Bible, what doesn't go in the Bible, who's going to do what, who's not going to do what. Same thing with the wealthy to a large degree. Who's going to represent the poor people? And how are they going to represent them? Well, you're going to need money in order to do that, won't you? So we'll put you in our pocket and you go out there and represent those people according to what we deem suitable. We don't want too many people coming in. This is the way it works. That's the human dynamic in a nutshell. So, what are we dealing with here? We're dealing with people that may have other emotional stresses. Don't want to go to a therapist. I'll just find someone that I could dump my emotions on. Ladies, you'd be surprised that a good percentage of prostitutes don't even have to sleep with the man. They sit there and listen to all of his marital problems, all of his problems with his baby's mom and all of that. And they're not disappointed because what are they being paid for? Their time. They don't have to produce. They don't have to open their legs. Now, when it comes down to this, a woman that is starting to have feelings, she's got to make a decision. And usually women think very long and hard, no pun intended, as to whether or not they're going to go forward with an affair, extramarital affair, or whether they're going to sleep with the guy. It's a hard decision for a lot of women because, and here's why, 
just like you have a strata of people in society, you have a strata of people with morals, you have a strata of people with what is tolerable and what's not. So if a woman doesn't really have anything but sex to offer a man, she's going to try to hold off on that for as long as she can because maybe she doesn't have a personality beyond that. Maybe that's the only thing she has. Just like their guys, the only thing they got is dick. They got nothing else. So what does this mean? Because see, men value sex, women value money. And so we take both of those things for granted when we go for the opposite sex, don't we? And that causes a problem for us. And I'm not talking about you individual, I'm talking about collectively. So you could say that, not me, not me. Some, I want to hear that shit. I'm not doing some. I'm not doing not me. Now, the other thing too we have to understand, with these emotions and these feelings, she's usually going to try to have some kind of equity before going forward if she's going to do something like this. She shared, she's laid the framework of the reason why she's in that emotional state with this person. Initially, it might have started out very harmless, and then it grew into a situation where she knows she can trust him a little bit more than she could when she first started. To a point now, where she could describe certain things about herself with comfort. Because, fellas, let me tell you something. When she starts talking about what she likes sexually, and she's in a relationship, but you have watched this conversation with her progress from a basic inquiry, now down to a situation where she's telling you whether she likes to wear keystrings, thongs, or whether she likes to wear briefs, boxers, or whatever where she's at a point where she shaves or doesn't shave, when she gets to that point, what she's doing is testing again to see whether or not she might be the appropriate one for you. Now, here's the thing. If you guys ever become intimate, And she's like, there's no problem with uh, consent because she's groping you and those kind of things. She's made her decision. Now, be mindful of one thing though. If she's attached to someone else, that decision she made, it could dissolve in a second. Because the reason why she's with you is because emotionally, She's thirsty for attention and affection. She may be thirsty for some dick, but whatever it is, trust you, believe me, it's just that particular thing. And let me tell you what happens afterwards. Usually, she'll feel guilty and want to distance herself from you. Because she's scolding herself, I should have known better. What the hell was I thinking? What was I doing? And she's that way for a moment until she goes back to what she had been to. 
and realize, oh, that's the reason why I did that. Now, there's some women that won't come back to the guy once she steps out. There are others who will. And there are others yet that will never sleep with you, but continue to try to use you emotionally. So you're their sponge to make them feel good. They might have had a fall down, knockout argument with their spouse or partner before, but you're Mr. Feel Good for them. You're their vacation away from him in that situation. The problem for some women is they get encapsulated by the emotion and affection that they get. He's making her feel things that her husband wouldn't do. He's making her feel as though she's appreciated in a way that her husband or boyfriend can't, wouldn't, shouldn't, couldn't, whatever it is. Now, a couple of things to keep in mind. The only time a woman will reveal her infidelity or something like that openly is under two circumstances I've seen over the 30 years that I was out there on the dating scene. One, if he is impotent sexually or not able to satisfy her in that regard. She loves the hell out of him emotionally. She loves the hell out of him in every other aspect. But when it comes to sex, she doesn't want to go there with him because she gets no gratification out of it. And therefore, she doesn't want to objectify him. And she still wants that love for him, which she still has. But she wants her needs met. And therefore, it's not uncommon for these women to go out, find a guy, to use him just for that purpose. He may be emotionally into her because she wants him to have all the enthusiasm. She wants to get all the attention. She wants to be taken out. She wants to have a nice time. Something that maybe her husband doesn't do, can't do, whatever. She wants these things, but she wants the benefit of still being with him because she's not going to leave him because there will be too much guilt on her shoulders. But she goes with this guy and he's like giving her dick left and right. She's loving it. He's giving her the attention and all the rest of the stuff. And let me tell you something, fellas. I got duped by a woman years ago. She was married. Her husband was a Vietnam veteran in a wheelchair. When I met her, she told me she was single. told me she was married and was divorced, which was a lie. She had two grown children. I think the daughter was 20, the son was 21. They both were in the military. And what her husband did, he told her to go out, find a guy that could go and please her. Well, at the mixers that we attended, uh, they didn't want any married people. So you had to put down that you were single, divorced, or widow. Separated, they wouldn't even let you in. And so, 
I met her. I kind of became suspicious because she went right to the jugular about sex. She was telling me, oh, I haven't had sex in about seven years. She was going on and on and on. I'm like, damn, that's a long time. I said, you sure everything still works? <laughs> Jokingly. And then she told me, why don't you find out? Now, I'm thinking this woman, she was in her early 40s. Husband was much older, I found out later. And so I'm thinking, well, I know that's an invite of what? And she says, uh, I tell you what, um, what are you doing this coming? I think it was like a Wednesday or two. It was during the week that she wanted to meet. I said, oh, nothing much. I live out in Santa Monica. And she's like, well, why don't I just drop by? Give me your phone number and address, blah, blah, blah. It was cool. She told me she had kids. Still didn't tell me she was married. Wasn't wearing a wedding band or nothing. No shadow on the finger or nothing. And I'm like, hmm. And one thing I learned years ago that I didn't know until recently, one of the ladies that I knew from the mixers would tell me that with a lot of the white women and a lot of women who tanned, they wouldn't sign up for mixers until the winter because they wouldn't be laying out in the sun. So when they took the rings off, nobody knew. Didn't know it. And so, she goes on. And we rendezvous. I took her to the usual Santa Monica Pier. And I think they had a, can a cotton candy machine out there that time. I think, they, I think that's what we ate. It was something we ate. We were like children, pretty much, acting silly. And went back to my place. And we took care of our business. And the next morning, she tells me, she said, well, I got to get back to my hut. And then she caught herself. I said, did you meant to say husband? And she looked around. Eyes got all watery and shit. And she said, well, yeah, I am married. Will that be a problem? I said, yeah. And then she went on and told me the situation with him. <coughs> Trying to get empathy from me. <coughs> but I was still upset about the lie she told. The deception. I asked her if she was single. Told me she was divorced. Now I'll admit the pussy was good, but not good enough for me to continue. And we ended it right there. She got dressed. She left. Never heard from her again. Now, the thing with her was this. That night when we were together, she talked in the past tense 
of her marriage. Talked about how brutal and dismissive he was. How she saw him change from when they married. And then, of course, she lied to me about her divorce. So that's a great face value. And then I found out the hard way. And when she told me he was a veteran in a wheelchair and he had fought in Vietnam, I was done. That morning when she told me that, I was done. I felt so bad. But I understand some women have that arrangement when their husband can't do the job and they love him but yet they got to go out and get some dick to relieve the tension I get it just not with me not that I'm special not that I'm holier than thou you made a commitment that you have to honor the least you could do is respect it and if you can't admit it divorce and be done with it but I know it was probably veterans benefits, I'm assuming, that she was looking out for or something like that. Who knows? And let me tell you something else, guys. Some of them will say it's none of your business. If it involves you potentially losing your life or being exposed to bodily harm, it is your fucking business. She's saying that because she's a woman and will be protected. That man that she may be married to, who may be able-bodied, who knows, he's going to give the brunt of his anger to you, not to her. Because remember, she has more value than you do to him. There's a reason why I never will believe anything a married woman will tell me when she's cheating. A woman in a relationship. Well, I've been duped by married women before. Told me that they were divorced, told me they were widowed, told me they were single. It was all bullshit. I even fucked a preacher's wife one time and didn't know it. Till later on. They hang out at the clubs, too. They go to singles mixers, too. This shit that you're seeing now in the media about all of these public figures that you held in high esteem, they're human. They, they do shit just like you do. They're nobody special. You're gonna get enough of putting people on pedestals, folks. As I told you, I put no woman on the pedestal. I don't even put myself on the pedestal. Nobody. I don't need to put God on the pedestal. You made the pedestal. But what I'm saying to you, folks, is this. These women 
that get caught up in these situations, a lot of times they're in over their head. As I tell you, with men, it's not that men are better, we just have a different way of communicating with each other. We don't talk to each other that much. We never talk about anything about what's going on in our marital or personal lives to another man because that gives him the advantage of probably trying to creep in on her. We're supposed to be her protector. And as insecure as men are today, shit. There's no way. Now, there are exceptions, as I said before, but the exception is not the rule. And that's what we have to keep in mind. Well, sometimes we don't. Now, overall, what am I saying about this whole cabal, this whole thing? There are various ways that women will express their feelings about an existing situation that they're in, emotional situation, and not all times when a woman is presumably interested in you, that she's genuinely interested in you for you. She may be interested in you to use you emotionally to get her through a certain ordeal or circumstance or situation. It's your job as the man to not overinterpret or misinterpret that and to get some clarity as to, okay, what are we doing here? So in this way, you're not one of these Romeos that's going to fall in love with a married woman, a preoccupied woman, and then wind up putting your ass in a sling when she pulls the rod back and says, okay, enough of that. I'm going back to my old conventional ways. I had my moment with you, but now I'm going back and retracting. And as I told you, they will start changing the way they dress sometimes. They would try to become more appealing, sexually appealing to you. And that's to get your attention. Your attention is valuable. Don't waste it on a lost cause. Now, one last thing I'm going to leave you with in regards to this. Ladies, I know you want to express yourselves. You're very loquacious. You like interacting. And you like working on problems. You want to resolve it because you're very detail-oriented. We get that as men. If your man is not getting it, and you're trying your best to explain it to him, you're trying your best to share your feelings with him, and he's ignoring you, I mean, the only thing you can do is counseling. Those friends of yours that you're trying to get their opinions, their advice, that's all they can give you. You know the situation better than they do. Just like these people that write into this show and leave messages, they know their situations better than I do. They're only expressing a snapshot of what's going on. I don't know the full Monty. And when I call them back sometimes, I'll get some more information from them where they will volunteer and tell me that. Then I got to decipher, okay, what is appropriate for the audience, what is not? 
Well, there have been some people that have left messages on this show that I could never play on this podcast. I'd get my ass sued like you wouldn't believe if I'd played half the shit. Naming names, talking about things that were done. People wanting to come on the show and want me to air the audio of what they had witnessed. I'm not getting involved in that. That'd be nicer for one of the other podcasts that are going to take that risk. I'm trying to help you get through a relationship by thinking before you love. Not to sit here and sensationalize everybody's misstep or failure. We all have setbacks in relationships. Different magnitudes. There was one couple, they divorced because their husband ate potato chips in bed. That was the premise for their divorce. Nothing else. And here I am thinking, this. oh, it's got to be more than that. No, it wasn't. The wife specifically did not like anything in the bed. I'm not talking about food and stuff. But I'm sure that doesn't count for leaks and sperm stains. But what I'm saying is, that was a big pet peeve, a deal breaker. And he didn't think she was serious about it until he got served the papers and left a message about that. It happens. So people, the only thing I can tell you is this, before I go, be kind to each other, be considerate of each other, and if you're going to share something with someone, make sure you express to them that it's confidential. If you're going to do it, be very careful about what you share and who you share it with. Because you don't know what they're going to do with it. I hope this helps. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255 available 24 hours.
All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.